the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, October 15th. Boy, was I wrong in my predictions for Thursday's matches at Indian Wells. I went 0-4 on the day in singles picks. I actually think it's more difficult to go 0-4 than it is to go 4-0, particularly if you are trying to go 4-0 and you end up going 0-4. Usually you can just luck your way into a victory. That was not the case for me on Thursday, and that speaks to what was a funky day on the grounds of Indian Wells. Of course, we had our final two women's singles quarterfinal matches. We had our first two men's singles quarterfinals. Recapping those affairs, the theme of today's show. I want to go over day eight on the grounds at Indian Wells. Talk about another breakthrough standout performance from Grigor Dimitrov. He overcomes a set deficit to knock off Hubi Hercots. 3-6-6-4-7-6, of course, for Dimitrov. He built such a big lead in that third set, only to see, I think it was a 4-1 lead nearly evaporate for himself was a super exciting match featuring plenty of shot making plenty of extraordinary volleys I want to talk about how Dimitrov managed to break through and of course what this result may mean for him moving forward I know we've talked about this guy quite a bit, particularly here in 2021, particularly over the last few weeks, given he made a run to the San Diego final just the week before Indian Wells but I mean what's left to say about Cam Norrie, an 0-2 victory for him over Diego Schwartzman into a Masters 1000 semifinal for the first time, has clinched his spot pretty much as a top 15 finisher in the ATP points race. He's just been outstanding, and what has been his breakthrough age 26 season, and of course, I want to offer my reaction to that 0-2 victory for Norrie. Again, could not have been more wrong in my prediction on that match. Of course, for our two women's singles quarterfinals, I do want to note I did an extensive preview today for our Crack Rackets Patreon family, previewing tonight's semifinal between Onjabur, Paula Bedosa. You look right now in the points race. Paula Bedosa has surpassed Elena Svitolina, surpassed Jessica Pagula. She leads them by one and two points, respectfully. But if you exclude Barty and Osaka, which they are both very unlikely to play the year-end finals in Guadalajara, it's Paula Bedosa, who right now is in the pole position to earn that eighth and final spot in the race. Of course, what's so incredible. All of the players still alive in Indian Wells have a shot at Guadalajara. If Jabour, who earned a straight set victory yesterday over Conteve, ending her run, earns a win over Bedosa, then the winner of Yelena Ostapenko and Vika Azarenka, your other semifinals in Indian Wells, if the winner of that ter- of that match beats Jabour in the final, they will ascend past Bedosa for the eighth place spot in the WTA year-end race. Again, Year-end championships still up for grabs. Who says October professional tennis doesn't matter? All of that said, I started a sentence. I never finished it. That's a theme here on our Crack Rackets podcast. I'm sure you listeners are used to, but I did an extensive breakdown of the Jabour Bedosa match today for our Crack Rackets Patreon family. It was our match of the day. I talked about not only the results here at Indian Wells this week, but you know the broader context of the success each of those players have had this season. If that is content that is intriguing to you, head on over to our Crack Rackets website, crackrackets.com. Look up how to become a Patreon member. You can subscribe today. You can hear that podcast right now with your subscription. But as such, I don't want to step on my feet. I also don't want to repeat myself. 
myself for a third time. So going to go briefer on the women's side today, focus more on the men uh, and their first two quarterfinal matches. Of course, if you're looking for preview content for Friday's men's quarterfinals, women's semifinals battle, hop on over to our Great Shot podcast feed where we have GSP Ace of the Day segments for each and every day of this Indian Wells. Of course, before I can get into recapping day eight, I have to remind all of you listeners that the reason these podcasts are made possible day in, day out is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, because of the support we get from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, because of the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point. Best equipment, best prices. You've heard me say it all week. I'll be brief here. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. We are immensely grateful for their continued support. And if you'd like to have us continue doing these mini breaks day in, day out, moving forward throughout the 2022 season, please go and support our friends at Tennis Point, without whom none of these podcasts would be possible. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, let's get into Thursday's matches at Indian Wells, and of course the place we have to start, Grigor Dimitrov, often known more for his looks than his success on the court. He's been delivering that success here this week, and you look for Grigor, what he's been able to accomplish at Indian Wells, three and four win for him over Riley Opelka in the round of 32. Then the three-set come from behind, 6-4-4-1 deficit, three-set victory over top seed Daniil Medvedev in the round of 16, overcomes another set deficit against Hubi Hercots, dead legs as well, to earn a 3-6, 6-4, 7-6 win over the talented young Pole. Now, you look for Grigor Dimitrov in this match in particular. It was the flipping of the script for him on serve, and he served such a high percentage here at Indian Wells. Listen to these first serve percentages in his four victories. 69%, 77%, 80%, 74%. Now, why is that relevant? He's making about 64% of his first serves for the season. You look at him here at Indian Wells this week, he's been about 10% better. And why is that significant? Because it's indicative of the fact that Grigor Dimitrov has clearly identified he's not going to be blasting serves by anyone, not on this surface, not in these conditions at Indian Wells. What he needs to be using that serve to do is setting up his locations, setting up space, setting up the plus one target, setting up first forehands for himself, setting up opportunities for him to comfortably move forward because, of course, on a surface so slow, if you're not going to be able to rip winners from the baseline, one of the ways you can hit a winner or you know create an advantage for yourself is by taking time away, is by moving forward, taking advantage of the space being offered to you. Uh, but, of course, Hubi Hercots is going to do that right back to you. And for Hubi, he came out firing. And just, you know, for Hubi, who's won 91% of his service games since the start of Wimbledon, he was early on just exposing the Grigor Dimitrov backhand return. Every serve seemingly backhand, 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 or, you know, in onto the left hip on Grigor Dimitrov's body, where it's just a tough decision for him to make in such a quick split second. And yet, you could see... As the match went on, the return position for Grigor Dimitrov got a bit more defensive. He slides another, you know, two, three, four feet behind the baseline to just give himself a cleaner look at the return of serve to simplify the process for himself. And obviously, look, Grigor Dimitrov's combination of speed, uh, 
of speed, of power, and of finesse, and just you know flexibility. It's a special. It's a special athletic package. It's a special all around. You know, again, uh, physicality that he can bring to the court when he's playing his best tennis that few other players can match. And you just again, I think the shot all of us have seen in that third set, the stretch forehand drop shot cross court volley that he hits after Hubie hits this incredible on the run backhand down the line pass that you know gets by ninety nine percent of players. Will not Grigor Dimitrov who on a sliding stretch gets his racket on that ball. Beautiful cross-court drop shot angle. By the way, I'm not trying to compare it. I hit the Alex Gruskin equivalent of that shot in my Indy League final, and after I hit it, I burst out laughing because it was a backhand drop volley stretch, and even my opponent was like, dude, I didn't know you could do that, and I was like, dude, I didn't know I could still either, and so anyways... That is the coolest. It is one of the coolest looking shots in tennis. There's a reason all of us were so captivated when he hit it. But you look for Grigor Dimitrov. By the way, semifinals for him in San Diego as well, where you know he got a win over Karatsev. He got a win over Fuchovic to just build his confidence heading into this event. And I know I'm, I listed the case for him after he beat Medvedev. But just a reminder for everyone, uh, Grigor Dimitrov, 22-15 and 15 here in 2021. That's a 59% win percentage. You look for him on hard courts, though. 18-9 overall. That's a 67% win percentage. He has been a different player on the surface, and you look for him, those nine losses, and I know I did this last time, but only Quarantine Mute in the Australian Open warm-up, which really meant nothing. It was a quarterfinal loss for him. That's a bad loss. Musetti in the Acapulco quarterfinals, that's a bad loss. But other than that, that's really it. You know, loses the first two sets, 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six, before he's forced to retire against Popperin. At the U.S. Open. Other than that, again, let's contextualize. Loses to Kasparut, San Diego champion. Loses to Daniil Medvedev in Cincinnati. It's Daniil freaking Medvedev. Loses to Opelka in Canada. Opelka goes on to make the final of that event. Loses to Ivashka at the City Open. Ivashka, arguably one of your 10 best players. Maybe not 10. One of your 15 best players during the summer hardcourt stretch. And then, you know, his Miami loss... To Cam Norrie, 5-5. Five five. Cam Norrie's still alive at Indian Wells, top 15 in the points race. The loss to Karatsev in the Australian Open quarterfinals. We know how good of a season Aslan Karatsev has gone on to have. All of this is to say, Grigor Dimitrov has been sneaky effective here this year. And you look for Dimitrov, hold, you know, he's holding serve 80.6% of the time. That's a percent of 1.8% below his career average. But he's breaking serve 25.9% of the time. That is 3.9% above his career average. You look for him, 51.9% total points won. That's a 0.6 above his career average. Now, he's not quite at the prime level of 2017 and 2016, where he was 49 and 19 and 40 and 26 for the duration of the season. He wasn't good enough on the clay courts, on the grass courts this year to be considered at that level. But he was still at that level in every hard court match he's played this season. You look for Grigor Dimitrov. He's sneaky hovering around the top 25 club, top 25 in both hold and break percentage on the year. He's currently 27th in hold percentage. That keeps him just outside of the list. But again, he's getting super close. And you look for Grigor, his combination of shot making, his just again, fluidity around the court, how easy he can make everything look when he's clicking and he's playing comfortable. And, you know, again, in this match, 
Hubi played a, a very poor tiebreaker down the home stretch in that third set. And after overcoming a 4-1 deficit in the third, you just wonder how much did Hubi have to leave out there on the court? How much did he have to empty the tank just to come back at all? But a credit to Dimitrov, who continued to move forward, continued to be aggressor, continued to keep pace on serve, holds uh, or fights off six of the nine break points he faced in the match. And you look for him in terms of as a returner, he you know converts on three of just his four break point chances. Again, Hubi was right there. And you look for Hubi Hercots right now, currently eighth in the points race. He leads Yannick Sinner by about 360 points. Not about, that's exactly how much it is. 360 points with Vienna, with Paris still on the schedule. He leads, you know, FAA by uh, over 600 points. He leads Nori by over 700 points. It's really a three-man race. It's Rude, who's up on by 60 points on Hercots, then Hercots, then Sinner. Oh, both Rude and Hercots significant leads on Sinner. So it's Hubi's to lose. And Obviously, this one is unfortunate. Nevertheless, I thought it was a really good week of tennis for Hubi Hercots, who just ran into an informed Grigor Dimitrov, and in the end, again, Dimitrov advancing 3-6, 6-4, 7-6 to the semifinals here at Indian Wells. You look for Grigor, since I know some of you are curious. Obviously, he made the semifinal in San Diego as well. Prior to that, it's his first semifinal since Antwerp in October of 2020. So again, three semifinals for him in the past 52 weeks. We expect more out of Grigor Dimitrov, who's yet to win a championship, a title here this season. But I mean, you look at the four players left in the draw. He, Nori, I guess like, Zirev, Tsitsipas are still both in it as well. So he's far from a favorite. But I mean, in that matchup versus Nori, that's a pick. I mean, given how much tennis Cam Nori has played of late, is there any reason Grigor can't get over the hump in that match? Absolutely not. And so again, fantastic victory for Grigor Dimitrov, who, as I mentioned, now matches up against the aforementioned uh, uh, Cam Nori. And you look for Nori, I mean, it's just silly what he's been able to accomplish here in 2021. You look overall on the year for him, 49-20 and 20, uh, here this season. I believe he's like third in wins, trailing just Stefano Tsitsipas, and I want to say Andre Rublev, but you look for him, that's obviously 71% win percentage, highest number of his career. He's breaking or holding serve 81.2% of the time. That's highest number of his career, good for 27th. He's breaking serve 29.4% of the time, highest number of his career, good for eighth, eighth as a returner amongst top 50 players and you know you look for him in this 0-2 victory against Schwartzman he just came out swinging there was nothing Diego Schwartzman could do to hurt him and that's been the theme of these matches whether it's Schwartzman Tommy Paul Roberto Bautista Gut Tennis Sandgren despite playing over 69 match or saying 69 matches here in 2021 there's not an ounce of fatigue on the body of Cam Norrie. You look for him now 29 and 7 against opponents ranked outside the top 50, 20 and 13 versus top 50 opponents, 9 and 7 versus the top 20. He's proven he's belonged, and you look for him with this victory. He's now the highest ranked British male in tennis. Cam Norrie up to number 20 in the live rankings. I already mentioned it, but I'll repeat myself. He's 12th right now in the points race. That's freaking absurd. You look for him, you know, ELO ratings. Obviously, Cam Norrie moving towards his career highs, 14th in overall ELO rating. Uh, You look 2021 specifically, he's 15th. As I mentioned, you look for Cam Norrie. This is now, uh, I believe, his 7th semi-final of the year that ties Medvedev, Karina Busta, and Zverev for now trails just Rude, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, and Rublev. You look for him overall, as I mentioned, 10th quarterfinal for him on the year. Here's the list of guys who have made 10 quarterfinals this season. Tsitsipas, Rude, Rublev, Medvedev. Uh, excuse me, Rublev, Nori. That's your list, period. Tsitsipas, Rude, Rublev, Nori. That's your list. Cam Nori, 
He's been exceptional. There's nothing else to say. The physicality he can bring, the minimization of weaknesses, his comfort level moving forward as well as his comfort level moving the ball around the court, down the line, short angles, cross courts, driving with pace, driving with depth. You name it, he can do it. He doesn't overwhelm you with his power. He overwhelms you as a jack-of-all-trades. I can do a little bit of everything. I mean, what else is there to say about a match that Cam Norrie wins 0-2? He was just better than Diego Schwartzman in every facet of the match, and you look for him again. It's been a theme for him here this season, 9-7 and overall on the year, and, you know, who are those seven losses to? Nadal three times, Tsitsipas, Federer at Wimbledon, Berrettini in a grass court final, Kasparud in that San Diego final. That's, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 re- I wish I had more adjectives to describe Cam Norrie, but I think we've hit them all over the past two weeks, and I know the straw man arguments are coming. I've already seen the tweets. Why aren't we talking more about Cam Norrie? Are people appreciating Cam Norrie's season enough? I hope Cracked Rackets listeners will see those sort of arguments and just whenever you see them on Twitter say, you're not a Cracked Rackets listener. Clearly, because we as a Cracked Rackets community have been on the Cam Norrie beat from the start. And again, for Cam Norrie, wins his first ATP title this season. Five finals for him on the year. Again, one of four players with double-digit quarterfinals. Just special, special season from the former number one player in the nation for TCU. Again, just gotta love it for the 26-year-old. Is he the best player born in 1995? The answer is probably yes. Cam Norrie putting our generation on his back. 0-2 victory for him to advance to the Indian Wells semifinals. And again, first semifinal for him at a Masters 1000 event. Makes sense, right? Considering what we've seen from him this season, considering we've seen uh, what he's capable of. I just yeah, it makes a bunch of sense to me to see him now reach his first Masters semifinal. But those are your two men's results on the day. Of course, you look here on Friday. We have our back half of the men's quarterfinals. Tsitsipas taking on Basilishvili. Fritz versus Zverev. For the record, your four prohibitive favorites. Well, I guess Zverev, 44% chance to win. Tsitsipas, 27.7% chance to win. They give Nori a 53.5% favorite over Grigor Dimitrov to advance to the final That's where things stand on the men's side, entering championship weekend, of course, as mentioned at the top. On the women's side, two players who have been two of the standout players here in 2021 both managed to advance uh, to uh, the Indian Wells semifinals. We'll start with Paula Bedosa, the 23-year-old, as I mentioned earlier, at the top earns her way now eighth in the points race once you remove Osaka, once you remove uh, Ashley Barty as well. She's got a one-point lead, literally a one-point lead on Alina Svitolina, two-point lead on Jessica Pagula. But she's been exceptional here this season. And you look for Paula Bedosa now, 39-15, and 15, I believe, here in 2021 into you know she's made eight quarterfinals on the season that's a top 10 number she's made now uh five semifinals on the season that's also a top 10 number she's a, one of you know 13 players ranked top 25 in both hold and break percentage and while those numbers aren't elite you know they're 19 and 23 respectfully which are still very very good but you probably say top 10 is an elite number 19 to 23 just shows how high her floor is match in match out point in point out and look i said coming 
into it, I thought she didn't have the weapons to hurt Angelique Kerber. It was exactly the opposite. There was nothing Kerber could do, particularly in her own service games, to hurt Paula Bedosa with. Paula Bedosa just so rock solid off of both wings, playing such confidence tennis right now. Again, her fluidity out of the corners, her strength out of the corners, her ability to turn defense to offense out of those corners. There's so much to like about the 23, soon-to-be 24-year-old's game. And look, I mean, she's played her way into that eighth spot in the year-end finals in Guadalajara. You look at just what she's been able to accomplish here this season. You know, quarterfinals for her at the French Open, round of 16 for her at Wimbledon. The only, you know, I, I, I did this whole case on our Crack Rackets match of the day, but the only loss that you scratch your head about for her is the second-round loss to Gracheva 4-4 four four at the U.S. Open because her loss to Manorino in Montreal, A, was a three-set loss. B, it came off the back of her going quarterfinals at French Open, round of 16 at Wimbledon, quarterfinals at Tokyo. Those are three high stress, high level of success results for Bedosa during, you know, a very short stretch of time. And so I think you can write that one off. But that there's only one right offable loss for her in a fifty-four match season where she's thirty-nine and fifteen. And as I mentioned, fifth semifinal, eight quarterfinals for her here this year, and she's doing it at Grand Slam events, at the major events like Cincinnati, where she made a quarterfinal, Madrid, where she made a semifinal as well. Paula Bedosa is here to stay, folks. And again, maybe not elite in any individual category, but just Kerber didn't have the weapons to hurt her. And 23, 24 years old, entering your physical prime, she's just going to be such a tough out, match in, match out, year after year, week after week, surface after surface. And she can, because of her size, you know, absorb, redirect, pace pretty well, turns defense into offense, no fundamental, you know, structural flaws in her game. It's an excellent result for Bedosa, 4-5 and five to advance over Kerber. But of course, as impressive as her run has been, maybe the story of yesterday, Own Jabour becomes the first Arab woman in WTA Tour history to crack the top 10 of the WTA singles rankings. You look for Jabour was a straight set victory for her uh, yesterday over Annette Conteve. 7-5-6-3 for Jabour, who is your WTA Tour wins leader here on the season. 48-17, and 17, that's a 74% win percentage. 29-5 against opponents ranked outside the top 50. 19-12 uh, against top 50 opponents. 8-8 eight and eight against the top 20. She's one of four players to rank top 15 in both hold and break percentage here this season. And while neither of those numbers are top 10, they are both top 15, which while, you know, again, that's the next step from Bedosa. Bedosa's very good at everything. Jabour's excellent at everything. Maybe not elite, but excellent at everything. And just the variety she could play with. Going big, taking the ball early and going big down the line. Playing the short angles, playing the slice, playing the drop shots, moving forward, hitting the swinging volley. She just had more weapons at her disposal than her opponent yesterday. Very much in form, Annette Conteve. But, you know, again, I talked about this on the match of the day. It is worth noting the significance of this moment. Uh, an entire geog geographical region has been looking for a role model, looking for someone to look up to as they, you know, for all of these junior players to just point to someone and say, hey, Own Jabour did it. Why can't I do it? And now they had that person in Own Jabour, and you could just see how special a moment was for her. Go watch her post-match presser. I wish I was able to participate in it. Unfortunately, I wasn't in it. That's a grievance for a different time of 
Anyways, uh, point is to say for Onjabur now up to ninth in the live rankings. And again, she's been the most consistent player week in, week out. All of her numbers have translated from the start of last season where I believe she was 25-11 and 11 last year. But, you know, now she's 48-18. and 18. Her win percentage is higher. Her first serve in percentage is higher. Her first serve win percentage is higher. Her ace percentage is higher. Hold percentage is higher. Break percentage is higher. Total points one is higher. All of them are career highs for the 27-year-old who, by the way, now she's pretty much solidified her spot. In Guadalajara, Jabor, 8th if you include everyone, 7th if you take out Barty and Osaka. She now has a 518-point lead on Paula Bedosa, who, of course, she faces next. But, you know, even if Bedosa wins the tournament, Jabor's still going to be fewer than 100 points behind Bedosa. And at that point, you probably lock in. Those are your 8 if Paula Bedosa wins this event. But, again, for Own Jabor, the slices she can play, only player I've ever seen comfortable drop-shotting on the rise off of a return of serve. Special, special, special performance for her. And again, you, you just got to take note. Uh, the fact that, obviously, again, first Arab woman into the WTA top 10. Cannot emphasize enough how significant that may be moving forward and how that is moving forward. Just speaks to, again, the globalization of the sport. But it speaks to how special the former junior French Open champion, Own Jabour, is. May have taken her a little bit longer than expected, but now finds herself into the WTA top 10, and it's legitimate presence in the top 10. And by the way, wouldn't it just feel right for Own Jabour to capture this title and kind of put that feather in the cap of be like, no, 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 I'm a top 10 player. Here's my Indian Wells title. Here's the rest of my 2021 resume. It's un, you know, it's unassailable. It's unimpeachable for Own Jabour at that point. And, you know, again, she has been that excellent this season. Matches up with Bedosa tonight in our women's semifinal. That should be an extraordinary affair but that'll do it for our Day 8 recap. Again, we're keeping today on the shorter side. It was a really exciting day of tennis. Of course, if you're looking for more bonus coverage, previews each and every day on our GSP Ace of the Day segment, Match of the Day segments for our Cracked Rackets Patreon family. Of course, those end after today, but they will resume throughout the regular you know, non-Indian Wells portions of the week every Monday, every Friday. So if you're interested in bonus tennis coverage, join our Cracked or you just want to support what we're doing here at Cracked Rackets, feel free to join our Patreon family today. Of course, a shout out as always to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an ending job they do day in, day out, making all of our Crack Rackets content possible. A shout out as well to our friends at Tennis Point. Go to tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order. Uh, of course, as always, you miss any of the day's episodes. You can catch up on anything from Indian Wells over on our website, crackrackets.com. More immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast as well. But with all that said, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.